The Keeg Live. Welcome uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Welcome to The Keeg Live. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. And I can hear myself talk, which is great because sometimes audio doesn't work the way you want it to. And uh, we're just doing the best we can. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. Uh, the Keeg Live is all about talking about a new geek topic every geek week. This week, we're talking about DC films, uh, because two weeks ago we talked about Marvel films, and I feel like uh, the other side of the coin has to get their due respect. Uh, we're going to talk about it critically, uh, but we're also going to talk about it as fans. And I'm using the plural, fans, because it's not just me. Uh, I am also including two wonderful guests, guests who have been on the Keeg before, tried and true, true blue, you know? Uh, first, we got... Comedian Winston Andrews. Winston, how you doing today, man? I'm I'm doing superific right now. Awesome. Yeah, and you sound great. You sound Thank great you. on Twitch. I'm trying to get as monotone and unemotional as possible. Ooh, this, it's gonna it's gonna get emotional. I know it's it's uh it's a tough topic. It's a tough topic for me as a DC fan. Uh, but we're gonna talk about it critically, and we're gonna talk about it maybe realistically but optimistically but realistically mm -hmm. so we'll see what we can do but uh thanks for coming on the show on your uh saturday yeah. afternoon i know there was like a picnic in the park you know that you probably be at but you're here with me so thank you yeah i could but that would never happen for me okay i'm still <laughs> i'm staying home and as socially distant as humanly possible all right well good good uh stick with us you know yeah uh, Steve Biggs, Professor Steve Biggs, is our uh, uh, final guest to round out this little panel discussion. Steve, how you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. We had a play reading earlier this uh, this morning and early afternoon. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm I'm on. Uh, it's a Zoom day for me today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been utilizing Zoom a lot, especially no. like as a teacher or no? Oh, as a teacher, yeah. Uh, yeah it's um it's been really beneficial i there are obviously everyone kind of got thrown in those of us who haven't taught online before and even the students that had taken online classes before we all kind of got thrown into the deep end all at once so there's things i could i could do differently with and do better yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, i think we all kind of found our footing towards the end of the semester and over the summer i've had more training <laughs> so that's cool yeah um, I, I, yeah, I feel like you guys all got thrown in the deep end there. Like whether or not yeah. you knew what was going on, uh, you're like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And I commend, I, I mean, I commend everybody who's had to adapt to this new normal. Uh, but especially, uh, teachers, you know, people who are responsible for hundreds, sometimes thousands of, uh, students, that's yeah. a lot of responsibility to be thrown in the deep end for. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, very uh, it was very interesting uh, semester. Yeah, was uh, that of course. What? Oh no no no! I, I just noticed Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, <laughs> flying across screen there. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the difficulties of Zoom. They just start zooming. Yeah, and they got on coming around. It's tough. Well, it's tough times. Winston has. Winston has the super dog over there. Oh, I wish. No, that's that's Peter. So no, he he does not belong with the DC boys. I don't he know. Is 
I don't know. I could see Peter hanging out with Ace, the Bat Hound, and, uh, and Crypto. Freaky uh, the Super Cat, Crypto. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, Bat Cow. <laughs> yeah. You know. Depo the Super yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, thank you guys for coming on the show. We're going to talk DC mm. films from start to finish and talk about what's to come because uh, new news for the DC film universe or disconnected universe is um, <laughs> a uh, Gotham police companion TV show coming to HBO max mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. spins off and, you know, is part of the, the Batman universe. So yeah, Matt Reeves is uh, producing it, I think. So yeah. yes, that's yeah. going to be crazy. And- we're going to, we're going to save that talk for the, for the end of the, for the end of the episode, well, we're gonna try to go. We're gonna go try to go uh, chronological and see how it works. Uh, but uh, with this modern landscape, with Marvel uh, 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 pretty much dominating, at least in the public mainstream eye uh, of everything, mm-hmm. uh, DC, you know, has been around. Like DC Comics has been around longer than Marvel Comics. Uh, but they seem to be on their back yeah. foot. Uh, they have decades of movies, decades of movies, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, great hits like Supergirl, Superman Three, <laughs> Superman Four: The Quest for Steel. Peace, just bangers. Steel. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. Uh, what are you guys' so- early memories of of those movies? Steve, did you were you going to say something? <laughs> well, uh, just to kind of go off what Winston was talking about. That- yeah. I've mentioned before on uh, on other Keeg episodes, the problem between movies based on DC characters and movies based on Marvel characters is Marvel had its own, and, and frankly still does, has its own movie studio, yeah. uh, which, which is run by comic geeks. And DC Comics is owned by, ultimately... Warner Brothers, and now, of course, ultimately owned by AT&T. Mm-hmm. So any property that is a Warner Brothers property that's based on a DC... So, in other words, what I'm getting at is DC doesn't make movies. Warner Brothers makes movies. Yeah. And Warner Brothers is not run by comic geeks. No. Uh, it's, run by, it's run by entertainment lawyers. And they're, all, they're only looking at the bottom line. And so they're looking at their comic book slate of movies and going, oh, all of our Batman movies are making money. Uh, so what are the characters we have that are like Batman? Well, there's Superman, of course. Superman, yeah. So he he's like he, so he's like Batman. He's like well, he's kind of a yeah. He's like really dark and brooding, and but he shoots laser beams out of his eyes. No, he's a really positive guy. But no, no, no. We need him dark and gritty like Batman because Batman sells. Who else we got? Wonder Woman. Oh, great. So like Batman with boobs. So we can just make her dark and gritty, and it's like no, she no. Dark and, like, and gritty well, is tight. Yeah, dark and gritty is tight. Yeah. <laughs> Who else we got? We got the Flash. Okay, so we can make him dark and gritty. <laughs> it's like, no, he's a guy that runs fast. He's like Batman, but he runs fast, right? He's dark and brooding and has a, you know, how? Who else we got? Well, Green Lantern. Uh, what's his deal? Well, he's got this ring that makes anything. Oh, cool. So it's like Batman with this magic ring. So he's like dark and brooding and has this, you know, horrible past life. It's, no. I will say, yeah, oh. the films, I, I, you described the films greatly, but you just also described the dark universe for DC beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> what if yeah. everyone was just Batman? And then what if Batman yeah. was just Joker? 
So what if everybody was Bat Joker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's like, for, I, I really, I want to take whatever executive came up with the phrase dark and gritty and strap that guy into a public pillory and just have people throw pies at him all day long. Yeah. That sounds that. like a fun punishment, though. I wouldn't mind the, the come on. So maybe, okay, so how, how about a baseball? There we go. Baseball. Yeah, okay. we kill them. That's what we do. <laughs> with baseballs loaded with cayenne pepper. There we go. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I really and it's torture. That's perfect. Yeah. It's it's and of course, really hard. Oh, As sorry. Say, of course, yeah. the irony is that Marvel comics have always been the kind of dark and gritty, you know, comic book universe, and DC's been all you know, hope, hopeful and light, and now the movie versions have just switched. Yeah. Until Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam came along and kind of said, "Oh, I guess we can't do other things," and that's largely because that that executive group that greenlit all the Snyderverse, uh, they've all left. <laughs> they've all yeah. left and I, I forget who's in charge now but um, when I listen to interviews with him I'm like okay that guy kind of gets it that guy kind of gets it that not every character is Batman with boobs yes. or bat laser beam shooting out of his eyes it's hard it's hard in this day and age to talk about DC films without having to compare it to Marvel because it doesn't exist in a bubble uh, right it, it, it's weird um uh, and Marvel is doing great, and as a DC fan, and I'm not saying I'm a DC fan over Marvel per se. I used to be, uh, uh, but now it's like, I like both. I like both. But like, Marvel is just, it, their batting average is so much better. So yeah. much better yeah. than DC films. Well, because they, they understand their characters, and Warner Brothers doesn't understand the DC characters. They think everything is Batman with boots <laughs> or Right. So, you know, um, and, it, and that's the problem. It, it wasn't always that way. No. Right? It wasn't always that way. Uh, no, first, we had Schumacher for a little bit, and that was great. And then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, it was at least colorful. Well, let's, yeah. If you look at... If you look at the... You know, because, again, I'm old. <laughs> no. So, no. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's true. I've been, I've been coloring uh, the hair. Here, so. <laughs> that. What is that? <laughs> that that. Uh, if we're doing hair. if we're doing quarantine looks, like yeah, we're all yeah. sporting. We're both sporting mullets right now. <laughs> yeah. I I try to cut my hair often uh, it, on my own, but the back is it's not even. But yeah, yeah. I'm try. just letting it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so yeah, so the the history of the thing is, you know, National Periodical Publications, now DC Comics, um, had great success early on with Superman, just across the board. Comics, radio, the Fleischer shorts, the movie serials, two movie serials, Kirk Allen, who those are fun to watch, by the way. If you haven't had yep. and I think the first serial on the DC Universe app for a while. Oh, I think fun. it still is. I think they incorporated all of them. Oh, good, but, good. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 fun to watch. I mean, you know, they're they're ten or twenty minutes each episode, and you know, so you just kind of they're they're easy to binge. Um, and Kirk Allen, God love him. He, you know, again, he was the first live action 
Superman. So he was kind of working on a clean slate. And he did. He made he made his Superman and Clark Kent a little different, you know. So, you know, like his Clark Kent is very much, oh, I know, golly, you know, all this. And then Superman's like, I am Superman. And he puts on like this, you know, uh, I've got my very deep baritone voice here, Lois. You'll <laughs> you'll rue the day, evil crooks. You know, I mean, it's very melodramatic, over the top. You know, Saturday morning kid show fair kind of thing. But even in that, I mean, you know, it's, it's we're also talking about things that were made in the '40s, and again, dark and gritty was kind of the thing. So, so even though Superman's kind of hopefully he's dealing with you know crooks and dragon ladies and ultimately Lex, Lex Luthor first Lex mm. Luthor I've actually seen Superman versus Adam man um, was that was so, that John was that John Cryer back then <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah 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 John Cryer with the, barely a glint in, in his grandfather's eye yeah. <laughs> um, although I just found out John Cryer and I are about the same age Oh. So sick burn, Dimitri. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then of course, uh, a lot of people don't know this because they only know it from TV, but The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves um, started out as a, uh, as a, like a B movie, like a one hour B movie on the big screen uh, huh. before it moved to television. And, and so there, yeah. there you go. That's the earliest that is uh, early. I wasn't even planning on going back that far, Steve. Well, you took a back I'm crazy old. far. <laughs> but then you also incorporate the Batman serials into this because this was happening uh, roughly yeah, yeah, about yeah. the same time. Batman movie serials are happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You mean the ones with yeah. the ears that are like this? Yeah. Yeah. The one where Batman came in the back <laughs> of a car and just kind of gets driven around all over. Yeah. 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 It's like the black sedan. They couldn't yeah. have put like a. They couldn't have put a coat hanger to make the ears yeah. straight. Well, do you remember? Do you remember how silly the bat ears looked in the original comics to begin with? They looked kind of weird. And oh, open. they were like this. Yeah. No. no yeah. They, they yeah, sort yeah. of were. Yeah. Yeah. But but the, they were always messing with the length of them. Sometimes they were like mini triangles. Sometimes they were too big. Oh, like they were. Yeah. yeah. So I think it makes sense. <laughs> the floppy Who's ears superhero movies yeah <laughs> who's doing superhero they, no one's no, done they did, not not do it. they did the best they could with the yeah. two dollar costume budget that's right okay i didn't know you guys were like uh gonna like stand up for them i'm just saying a coat <laughs> hanger in oh, the no, ears they're completely ridiculous but yes. yeah <laughs> yeah don't get me wrong they're nuts but uh, yeah. yeah was bruce wayne um, a rich a rich man in those serials yeah, yeah. then he should have been able to afford like straight up ears. <laughs> that doesn't it's not scare that hard. people in the 40s, Dimitri. <laughs> Off kilter ears scare the living pants out of swear those. to me, <laughs> swear, <laughs> swear to me. That, he had stuff rigged in him so that it looked like the ears were the ones talking. Yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, and look okay. at each other. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah! You want to uh, kill him? No, we shouldn't kill him. No, we should kill him. No, he had good ear, bad that's ear. Right. That's just yeah, yeah. that's just I'm the just... Venom. That's the Venom movie. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. There you should go. we should we bite off his head? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then, then the went... next the next oh, yeah. movie uh, was an outgrowth of the Batman TV series. Yep. Right. 
they, they did it between seasons. Uh, 20th Century Fox forked over, you know, a, a bigger budget for the movie so they could, you know, build and reuse the Batcopter and the Bat Cycles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that really what the budget went to? Like, yeah. Yeah, because they already had the standing sets for the Batcave and everything else. So, yeah, so having, having, you know, the budget for that, A, allowed them to have all four of their main villains in one movie so they could afford uh, uh, Cesar Romero, Meredith. And, yeah. Uh, I can Frank see Gorsh. that. And yeah. then... Uh, Earth Kit. Not Earth Kit yet. It was Lee It Meredith. wasn't Earth Kit in the movie? I thought it was. Lee Meredith. Uh, okay. Yeah. Julie Newmar, first season of the television show. Right. He wasn't available that summer. Right. So they got Lee Merriweather, and then Julie Newmar came back, but then didn't come back for the third season, and that's when they got Eartha Kitt. Right, 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 right. Oh. Okay. So there you go, the old guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, through yeah that, that Batman. First of all, the George Reeves TV series played constantly in reruns all when I was a kid, so I saw that all the time. Oh. Uh, and that when that Batman TV show came on, you couldn't keep me away from that TV set on Wednesday and Thursday nights. It was just like. I gotta watch it. It's your bedtime. It's not either. It's still on. <laughs> I I remember when when I was a kid, Batman '66 show was on reruns a lot. So I think that was like my first memory of Batman. Um, yeah, is that Ooh. Batman? Um, All right. And then, I mean, you know, when I'm like three, four, like I'm I'm running around being like na 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 Batman. You know, right? I'm not. I got. Yeah, yeah. I got it's, swallowed up by the the Burton verse, right? Because you're you're Cause a couple I had, years like, older, younger than me. Yeah, I had like older cousins and older uh, friends, so they. I my first touchstone with any DC product was I think it was Batman Returns. Okay, um, mm -hmm. which is a crazy starting point uh, for yeah. a DC product. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah. So everything else became retroactive because it was like I think Nick at Night was playing uh, the '66 Batman. Okay. Uh, so I watched, or TV Land, one of those two. Okay. Uh, and so I saw that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that was, again, that was after that. That was way after I knew who Batman was, and Batman right. got licked by cats. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Batman. I yeah. mean, Batman Returns is a weird intro it, for a kid to yeah. go into Batman. But uh, think about like an entire generation of kids that are now comic geeks. That's yeah, that's their starting point. Like yeah, either like any '90s kid, that's it, or yeah. they had like an older brother who showed them the '89 Batman. Yeah, yeah, but. I feel like the big yeah. intro to a lot of kids our age were uh, was Batman the Animated Series, which yeah. happened, yeah. yes, because of the Batman Returns show, or yeah. movie. Uh, and, like, Batman the Animated Series was, like, the Batman for yeah, the man. longest time. Um, what do you mean still? It still is. Like, people, people are still like, who's your favorite Batman? And you'll have, like, the pretentious kid going, Kevin Conroy. And you're like, all yeah. right. Shut up. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get it, but it's on. not the same. Like, no, no. Put Kevin Conroy in a suit, like, we don't know. I don't yeah. know how he's going to do. I no, would he's, love he's to a see tall, skinny Batman guy. beyond my back. 
yeah, yeah. he was he was actually pretty old uh pretty old when when that series was first on i think he was in his late 30s or early 40s yeah. that show was yeah. first so um and he's he's a tall skinny guy and who was a craggy face and everything yeah. so so you so he could work if you buffed him up or put him in a muscle suit right but um he definitely would have been a better Batman than a Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. I thought he, at least, again, this is just based on voices. The fact that he, at least in the first couple seasons, he oh, no, made no. I'm it. Talking about, I'm talking about if we did it live action. No, no, no. no. I, I, I am too. I'm just saying the fact that as a voice actor, he chose a different voice styling, a different characterization for yeah. Bruce Wayne. I think he, if if he had magically been given a green light to do a live action, a la, I would say uh, the adventures of Lois and Clark, I think is the closest cognate to how Kevin Conroy could be Batman. Um, sure. I, I think he would have done an interesting, at least an interesting job uh, yeah. with that dichotomy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just he was thinking about it. I think it's weird when people bring voice actors uh in a competition with like live action actors because right. voice actors do a great job and like voice actors can can do the voice better than some of the live action people can do the voice mm. but they're two different things and i don't think yeah. that like bringing a voice actor to box against a live action actor who has to do voice and action uh i don't think that's a fair comparison so like it, when people bring not, kevin conroy not, in the voice actor yeah, the voice. I mean, Kevin Conroy's Batman works because of the, also because of the visual that was applied to it. Yeah, right. And without that, it's just a tall, skinny guy with a craggy face. And right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, who's Kevin Conroy's stunt team? Like that. that <laughs> yeah. When he gets yeah. to the booth. He's got like six other people with wire work. Right. That's that's how that works. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, DC's but, big. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Steve? Well, we, we, I didn't want to skip forward to the '89 Batman before we no. got the, the yeah. big one. Yeah, Superman. Su yeah, Superman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Superman was like the big DC film. Uh, again, other than Batman '66's film, but like that was a couple. I mean, that was what a full decade after. Yeah, it was. Uh, like Twelve it came years, out, right? December of December of '78. Yeah. And uh, and it had been in it had been in the making for like three years before that. Like it, they they had started making that those that those movies because originally they were going to do one and two back mm -hmm. to back. They had started those while I was still in high school. So you know, we, I, I think I read the first casting notice for Christopher Reeve when I was still in in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, and oh lord, when I and I mean, and I had been reading the press on it even before that for like a year before that, and all the actors that they had. You know that they'd considered for the role like Paul Newman and Robert Redford, and uh, I think even Dustin Hoffman was in the mix for a while to play Superman. Dustin Hoffman always seems to be an also run for every major character for like two decades. Like yeah. he was supposed <laughs> to be Indiana Jones and Han Solo and a bunch yeah. of, and James Bond, and you're like, what? How? It's How Dustin is Kramer versus Kramer going to do James Bond? <laughs> I. <laughs> 
I mean, making Dustin Hoffman Superman makes about as much sense as making Nicolas Cage Superman. It just doesn't. Make Whoa. Sense. Oh, oh. oh, no. I think Nicolas I, we'll Cage talk about that better. later. I think but Nicolas I think Cage would have been, been a better movie. one. I think that would have been a good movie. I think he would have been better than Dustin Hoffman, I'll tell you that. Oh, definitely. I think he would have been definitely a better choice than Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so so when they when they decided to oh and some of my other favorite uh thrones well, Clint Eastwood was thrown in the mix for a while. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh and then two two others. Um they actually screen tested Bruce Jenner after he won the Olympics, after he won the decathlon, just because, well, the guy's got the muscles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they screen tested him, and I was like, "Yeah, but he's not an actor." Right. And and then what are you the, talking about? He was on the that that one CBS show, right? The. <laughs> and then the other one was um, <laughs> Neil Diamond actually sent in his own like videotape, or I guess it wasn't videotape back then. Sent his own his own screen, like he actually screen tested himself and sent that in, and I was like, "Neil Diamond is Superman." I guess if they were doing a musical, but anyway. So, <laughs> so as a high school kid who was a big Superman fan, I was just looking at all this going, oh, this is just going to be crap. Wait, who'd they get for Gerald? Marlon Brando. Okay. <laughs> Wait, who'd they get for Lex Luthor? Gene Hackman. Well, somebody's Ooh. taking this seriously, except for all the Robert Redford, Paul Newman. And I was like, well, Paul Newman's probably the closest of a big name Hollywood actor that could actually do Superman. But he was already, again, he was already like almost 50 at that point. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so I was just looking at all that going, man, these guys just don't get it. And then finally, when they announced that this relative unknown, uh, Christopher Reeve and had a picture of him, I was like, holy shit, that guy looks like Superman. <laughs> that guy looks like somebody took a Kurt Swan drawing and made a live action person out of it. And I was like, oh, that might actually work. Yeah. And, and then, and then again, as they were making it, they were showing pictures of Krypton you know, again, that, that version of Krypton, I was like, who's in charge of the production design on this? Krypton doesn't look like that. Krypton has these big towers with the vaguely, you know, Arabic, uh, Arabic, um, um, you know, onion yeah. top thing, yeah. on it, yeah. you know, and, and I was like, that's what Krypton looks like. What's this with the crystal thing? Oh, that's Marlon Brando. He needs to lay off the pizza, Jiminy Christmas. Um, <laughs> and so it was, so it was getting, and then, but then they had the first picture of Christopher Reeve in costume. And I was like, Holy crap. What, they even gave him the little S curl that. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, I go, wow, he looks great. I hope the rest of the movie. And so when that movie came out, I went in just with like, this could go either way. The guy looks good as Superman, but the rest of this is a little iffy. And then, of course, once that John Williams music and everything, then I was just sitting there still going, well, this doesn't look like Krypton, but look at this, you know, rogues gallery of great actors playing all these Kryptonians. This is wow. And then the little, you know, the little speech that, you know, Jarrell gives before he launches. I was like, okay, I think I'm on board. And then when the Smallville scenes happen, and you know, just Glenn Ford in the in the space of like, you know, at most five minutes of screen time. You know, when, when Jonathan Kent falls, I was just like, I'm getting misty now. Just talking about it. I was just like, oh my god, that guy. 
man, they made me, he made me care about this character that's only on screen for like five minutes. And I'm already misty about the, you know, death of Jonathan Kent. And we only saw him for five minutes, which, which I didn't have that experience again until, until um, Chris Hemsworth played uh, George Kirk in the Star oh, Trek. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Cause again, in the space of five minutes, he actually made me care that this guy's gonna die like right now before he even sees his his son grow up. Who is this guy? <laughs> he ought to be in a Thor movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, and then and then yeah, you get to Metropolis, all the stuff in the Daily Planet was working great, and then you get to Lex Luthor, and I'm like, um, okay, these are fun characters, but but we're all of the kind of, you know, realism and everything of the rest of the movie. Oh, looks like somebody decided, well, maybe we should hedge our bets and put some little Batman 66 into this after all. But even then, you know, again, Hackman's character was fun. You know, Ned Beatty was fun. Valerie Perrin was fun. So, and, and the plot itself actually had some stakes to it. So you could kind of forgive the over the top campiness of, of those characters, but Christopher Reeve, man, that guy, that guy, and again, his his Superman being so different from his Clark Kent, and just fascinated me. And I and I was like, who is this guy? He's so good in this. And again, making that thing, it it was the first time because I hadn't seen the serials yet. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the first time that I went, yeah. There's no way Lois would think that guy is Superman. <laughs> that guy is Superman. No, they kind of look alike, I guess, if you squint, but. He didn't talk like him, didn't act like him. That guy's not Superman. Right. It's like, right. I was like, yes, yes. And then you read interviews later with Christopher Reeve, and he goes, well, I was actually playing three characters. He said, he said I was playing the guy that grew up in Smallville who was putting on both that Clark Kent persona and also the Superman persona. And he said, and every now and then it was fun to kind of watch that guy sneak through. And he goes, he goes first time you see it is, after he catches the bullet and Lois yeah. goes, <laughs> and he gets up and he's back into his act and everything. And he said, but the su Superman persona was also a put on uh, oh. by that guy. And I was like, that is such a great way to approach that. <laughs> Do you, uh, the, the only fun fact that I can remember about the Superman movie is that they paid a very <laughs> famous critic to be in one second of the movie so fucking that they would read they did what? what happened fucking rex reed yeah so they put they put him in for like one second of movie to bump into clark as he's going to daily planet so that they would get good press on the movie because he was threatening to just sink the movie because he's a son of a bitch that's right why. <laughs> right so Dick Donner was like, fine, we'll just do it. You bump into him, fine, let's go. Uh, oh, I, and I think it was also a way to actually get to use the, the New York Daily News building uh, yeah. for the Daily Planet, too. I think it was to do both things. But yeah, Rick Street was a fucker. Um, I, he's, 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 I don't want to belabor this because we're talking about the movies, but you know, right. he's, he's the worst example of a critic. He's a critic that's only doing it to show how cool he can be as opposed to actually doing any sort of in-depth analysis of movies. His review for King Kong, for instance, not a great movie. You know, the, the, uh, 
70s one? Uh, yeah. So Jeff yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a great movie by any means, but you could tell he hadn't even actually watched the movie because he was critiquing all the behind the scenes press. From what he was talking about, he didn't even know that it was Rick Baker in a gorilla suit. He thought the whole thing was the 40 foot mechanical gorilla that um, mm. Color Rambaldi made. And I was like, no. Did you not watch the movie that you're making this review of? And he, I, I swear to this day, he had he had not seen the movie. He was only critiquing the behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, he's an ass. He's, yeah. Uh, uh, like, like uh, ooh, the, the all the all the hot gossip from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, kid. That's what you need me for, kid. All the hot gossip from the seventies. <laughs> um. I, Winston, as as yeah. uh, you know, uh, similar age to me. Uh, how did you feel? Uh, no, I I, I want to know because yeah, the Superman movie, the Superman movies to people who grew up with it in the seventies uh, mm-hmm. is a little bit different than people like us who grew up in the nineties, where we have the serious Batman movies and we have the Batman cartoon and even the serious Superman cartoon. How did you feel about the Superman movies? Uh, well, when it comes to, to, um, what are now considered classic movies, according to Turner, uh, Uh which is insane to me. Um, Uh but, uh, when you're talking about any kind of those movies, um, I am an anomaly. (laughs) I feel like with everyone else, uh, my father, um, uh, I credit a lot of a lot of my my love of art but he he kind of threw me out of time so i would for for all media um so like when we were listening to music it was only the oldies station so i just i didn't there are a lot of bands that are like oh man this this reminds me like 1993 1994 and i'm like yeah don't know i listened to this in college and i this was the first time so um i watched i watched a lot of these older movies growing up as a child repeatedly Mm. as if this was the time period films were set in so like the original kind of the apes superman ran nonstop uh (laughs) because the way my dad if he liked a movie um he would play it three times a day for five days straight. Um, <laughs> uh, and one of one of his most favorite movies is a little movie uh, made in the 90s called Groundhog Day, which oh. I, I can't... <laughs> if he's, if he's I saw Groundhog all. Day, a movie <laughs> about a man living the same day every <laughs> single day for a month. <laughs> But to to get back to Superman, um, yeah. I had seen that movie a lot and uh, was in love with it. Um, it. It I didn't. I really didn't understand campiness to it. Like that's Superman. That's just. And uh, when I saw Superman two and the whole Neil Neil before Zod thing, like that was awesome and badass and yeah. really cool. And then I saw it, it uh, the Donner cut came out 
on Netflix, like the, the watch anywhere Netflix. I think my freshman year of college and I saw it again with that childhood memory of like, no, this was cool. This was dark. Like Superman was giving up everything. And then I saw it again. I'm like, oh, this is lame. Like, this is not, <laughs> this, this is bad. And, but that's only because technology was not, you know, you could still, I think in the nineties, you could still get away with seventies tech and see it and be like, oh, that's an old movie, but not, it's such an old movie that it, none of the suspension of disbelief can be had with it. Yeah. Um, mm. So I, I love the Superman movies as a child, but I, it's tough for me to watch that movie again. Now that people who are incredibly passionate about superhero movies have come into the genre and really given it this, this injection of life. Um, yeah. Because there's just so like, like Steve said about Lex Luthor, it's so tough to see Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, knowing that Gene Hackman could be Lex Luthor, like the legitimate comic Lex Luthor, like he did French Connection, if he right. had incorporated even a fraction of that, like, I'm going to get Superman at any cost kind of emotion into things, it would have been a different film. And I do think that there are moments, like, for example, the map scene, where he mm -hmm. smashes California, and he doesn't really care he, he this is what he's gonna do regardless this is a tuesday for him i think that aspect <laughs> of lex luther was really yeah. cool but um that menacing like and i it's 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 tough to say this because kevin spacey is such a terrible human but kevin spacey is lex luther yeah. kevin spacey well, is him yeah and that is that's when Superman Returns came out, I, I was all happy about Kevin Spacey being cast as Lex Luthor. I was like, oh, this would be amazing. And much like Brandon Routh's Superman was kind of a continuation of the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman, Kevin Spacey's was also on that same arc. Kevin Spacey's Lex right. Luthor was, was, Lex Luth was Lex Luthor after Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor actually spent some time in prison. Right. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, because he still was charming when he wanted to be. And I still mm -hmm. love that scene when Lois is snooping around on his boat. Stop brushing his teeth and goes, Lois Lane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were still able to have fun with it. Yeah. But they also had that little, come on, come on, say yeah. it. Say it. And then he goes, Superman will stop you. Wrong! You know, it's just like, yeah. ah! Yeah. Okay, that's, that's oh. frightening. That was actually frightening. But yeah. Yeah. Kevin fucking Spacey. Why yeah. Did dick? It's the worst, isn't it? It yeah. is It is because, and for me personally, Kevin Spacey was on my pantheon of like, these are actors that I respect their work a lot and want to emulate it. I don't know that I want to emulate, you know, humping, uh, what's his name as a 12-year-old, though. That's just... Uh... Wait, what? I mean, <laughs> uh, other than... No, he was 12. He was like... He was like it, yeah. Anthony Rapp when he was 14. That was oh. the, yeah, yeah. the yeah, kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she basically got drunk and and hit on on the little cute blonde boy. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's more than just that; it's a whole circuit, isn't it? Oh right. yeah, yeah. and a, then it's like yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that the fact that he, you can tell, 
that he hasn't really had a remorse moment about it yeah. is what kills me. It's like, why are you continuing to be such a fucking asshole about this? Yeah. Hasn't this taught you any humility at all? And it just, it, it really bothers me. It bothers me yeah. because, you know, it's again, a classic case of here's a really talented person whose work I really admire a lot. Why do they have to be such a fucking asshole in real life? And um, it's like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Jerry Lewis, you know, yeah. some of his movies are, I mean, to this day, I still laugh at Nutty Professor and I still laugh at a lot of the stuff he did with Dean Martin. But you just, and, like, and you know, and yeah, he did a lot of great work with muscular dystrophy, but good Lord, that guy was apparently, from all accounts, a piece of fucking work in real life. Uh. So... Um, just bringing it, back to DC. <laughs> yeah. bringing it back to DC films because I feel like we uh I was about to I was about to take it on another tangent. I'm like, no, 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 we gotta we gotta reel it back in, reel it back in. Um, it's interesting. So Superman has camp to it, right? And like, I feel like, but it doesn't. Um, That's what I the Superman the movies, yeah. the, 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 the movies, yes. Uh, but that, man of that's, Man of Steel takes whatever. it in the complete opposite direction. No camp, right? No camp whatsoever. Uh, no, what's well, the perfect What's the perfect well, balance? The perfect balance would be like the animated series. Yeah, you, you gotta. Or as I as I told somebody once, the, the thing with Superman is, and especially if you're trying to build a universe in which Superman and Batman both exist. They can't both be dark, brooding mopers, right? You got to, they, they only work together if one of them's a rage monster and the other one's like, hey, dude, calm down. Right. <laughs> There's other ways of handling this besides beating people up. Good cop, bad cop. Not yeah, bad yeah. cop, badder cop. You're right, right. And, yeah. and I mean, and again, I'm old enough that I know that even in the comics, like in the, in the early 70s, Denny O'Neill, who's sadly passed away recently, uh, when they put him on the Superman title, they they also played around with the whole alien, playing up the alienness <laughs> of Superman for a while, making him kind of a stranger in a strange land and kind of, oh, I don't really fit in here and blah, blah, blah. And very quickly realized it doesn't work for that character. It, it Superman is a, I, what I try to explain to people is Superman is Jimmy Stewart who can bend steel in his bare hands. He's George Bailey. Superman, Clark Kent is George Bailey. And yeah, George Bailey has dark days. George Bailey has days, but in general, he's there to help. In general, he'll take the bullet, right? In general, he'll be the guy that is just sitting there going, you need a new house? Let me, and you don't have the finances? Well, let me figure out a way to do it. Oh, and by the way, here's some steel I've got in my bare hands. And I, I, yeah, I agree with you up to, I think he's more, well, and this is just my take, I think he's more Mr. Smith Goes to Washington well, and yeah. like George Bailey. Because yeah. George Bailey, to me, always seemed like he was caught in an unfortunate situation. Like, he's a good person, but he's always like, I want to leave, but I can't. <laughs> and I'm, I keep getting dragged back. I don't ever see that with Superman. I always see, like, and also, Mr. Smith has the Paperboy uh, Syndicate or whatever. So, um, uh, yeah. But I, I, I get your 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 metaphor. I I I embrace that. I. 
but uh, I think the yeah, answer. But yeah, you're right. Mr. Smith actually is is a better. Is a yeah, better he has character. he has a plan. He wants to do this. Uh, uh, lobbies and politicians with with government interest want to stop his his train, but he will prevail and he will do yeah. whatever it takes, including sacrifice his life, uh, in order for this to be done. Right. Um, and yeah, right. I. But but to answer your question, Dimitri, it's replace camp with hope. That's yeah. the yeah. easiest thing to do. I, it's just well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And someone Donner, Donner, when he directed the first movie, had a had, you know, it, it, people talk about it all the time. He had this thing of, you know, his 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 go to word was verisimilitude. If this happened in real life, what would be people's reactions? What would be the thing? Let's try to play this as true as we can, and still keep it fun. Right. And still do that. He went too far with the Lex Luthor character, but still, again, great performances, fun performances. But certainly you see the beginnings of what he's talking about. Like all the Gene Hackman scenes in Superman 2 were directed by Richard Donner. And so any scene where where Lex Luthor is on screen with the Phantom Zone thing, those were we see what Donner would have done with those Phantom Zone criminals and those guys were a real science fiction threat you know they were you know that's and that's it and that so the whole confrontation you know uh in the fortress of solitude for instance was was there in the in the donner version and then richard lester added but the scenes. s wasn't right Superman, Superman ripping off the shield and throwing it no, at him. Yeah, that was a Lester thing. <laughs> that was a Richard Lester thing. Yeah, it made yeah. no sense. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> did, did, yeah. did I did I tell you there was a there was a fan move for a while when people started talking about jumping the shark? They were like that that same thing for comic book movies should be throwing the shield. Ugh, that yeah. movie really threw the shield. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that in modern day, somebody pointed it out online. In modern day, um, what's more like current and topical than like an Im in, like an immigrant that comes to the country is a news reporter, works for the news, and his enemy is some rich billionaire, maniacal, uh, selfish, narcissistic prick. You know who plays who in and again in the most recent versions in the comics who plays the racist card who plays yeah. who play you know we're being overrun by aliens I mean yeah. real aliens or space <laughs> you know and yeah who plays that card oh man exactly it's just ripe for it by yeah. the way hopefully, hopefully that they'll do that in the um, in the new TV series the CW TV series yeah. we'll see uh, but. I was I was thinking to myself. Uh, uh, this was just a weird thought exercise that I had, and I want to know your guys' opinion. Uh, Lex Luthor running Luther Corp. Do you think that Lex Luthor would have diversity initiatives within his workforce, or whether Lex Luthor would say, "No, well, if you're smart, you're smart, and race has nothing to do with it." You know what I mean? I absolutely. I think he would have them. I think he would he because the whole point of LexCorp is that uh, he's trying to to pass off the fact that he's saving the planet. So yeah, I think he would. I think essentially he would be 
Google, that that what he's trying to or Tesla or you know, yeah, he beat Elon Musk, the guy that on on the like basis surface level is trying to do good. But if you looked even a millimeter past that smile, yeah, he's a dastardly person. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Does Lex Luthor? Does Lex Luthor see race? Or does he, because I can see it two ways. Let me just paint, paint this picture. Sure. I can see it two ways. Lex has a diversity initiative within his workforce because he believes that there are smart people of color that don't get the opportunities. And he just wants the smartest people on his team. So he's going to grab and give grants and whatever to smart people of color in order to get them on his side working for him no matter what. Or... He takes the other approach where it's like, no, like, if you're smart enough, you'll get to where you need to be. You work hard and you then find me. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's like mm -hmm. two different approaches. I don't know which one Luther falls into. The other one could be that, uh, that again, his his uh, diversity initiatives are just skin deep, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, that that it's there for the PR value, the end. Yeah. But I do like but on the other hand, I like a more complex Lex Luthor. I like a Lex Luthor that is ruthless to the point where, yeah, he does look past race and, like you say, just wants the smartest people in the room. Regard any other any other aspect of their person or the character is completely beside the point. Right. He wants the smartest people in the room. Yeah. What he actually values their ethnicity or their or their their diversity. Is probably beside the point, and certainly if he is willing to play the the species card, yeah, <laughs> the card against Superman, that does tell you something about him also as a person. Yeah, because I I don't I don't see him as a white supremacist. I I'm just right. I but is he too smart and privileged enough to be colorblind? Does he not see color? You get what I mean? It it well yeah it depends on. Just how, you know, which which Lex Luthor passed your... Right. Because, like, the Smallville Lex Luthor is definitely a privilege. Like, his father was rich. He inherited his father's money. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. But there are some versions where where his, where his he basically grew up either poor or middle class. Yeah. And attained everything through his own, you know, machinations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The... the Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, might be that privileged white guy. Yeah. The one that kind of pulled himself by the bootstraps would probably be somebody more likely to go, I'll just take, I'll take whatever allies I can get to get my agenda across. Right. Regardless of race, gender, anything. And right. let's not forget, so, this all started because Superman lost him his hair. So. <laughs> I, yeah. Again, depending on which version you're, right. you're talking about. Yeah. The weirdest yeah. motive. That was the weirdest yeah. motive that they like shoot like they did in the early things. Because I remember watching a Super Friends episode. No, no, it wasn't Super Friends. It was the Adventures of Superman and Batman. That old cartoon right. where it had like fifteen minute episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like, I was like, Lex Luthor lost his hair, and then he got mad at Superman because of it, and that's yeah. why. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and of course, if you look deeper you'll see that it wasn't only the hair loss it was also that lex luther as a teenager in smallville because they were best buddies right uh, 
was trying to create life in the la artificial life in the laboratory and had actually succeeded, but the experiment caused a fire in his right. laboratory that released all these chemicals. And so when Superboy was flying by, I was like, oh my God, my friend Lex Luthor's lab is on fire. I better blow it out. And in the process of blowing it out, he killed the artificial life form and created all the right. chemicals that made Lex's hair fall out. Yeah. And so it was the, it was the one-two punch. You've destroyed yeah. my greatest creation and all my lab notes, right. and you made my hair fall out. And right. somebody was, was pointing out that uh, in the 40s and 50s, and even into the 60s, a lot of men based their virility on their hair, on whether right. or not they had hair, hair or not. And so, so the symbolic, uh, you know, the metaphor then of, of Superboy causing Lex's virility to fall out was also the other motive. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those who are, who are looking for a more Freudian uh, uh, subtext of Lex's. Uh... Which is funny because when you're bald, you look more like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're on Preacher. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, immigrants are coming to this country and making uh, white men uh, uh, lose their virility. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, a, the, Superman, that's the Superman Lex story. Yeah. 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 But again, I, I think when you extrapolate that into the modern age, yeah. you have, I think you have a more set answer to your question because he, Again, Lex is the champion of humanity. That's right. that is shtick. That's why he is. That's why he got elected president. The, right. These things happen, and therefore, it's everything is in service to that. So he obviously is going to be a hero to anybody who can can match his intelligence. Right. Um, yeah, and I also think it's fun when they. Uh, well, because the other thing, too, is uh, the whole idea that Superman has it easy, right? Because right. he's overpowered, right? Yep. And so that's the other thing. It's like, well, if I could fly and been steel in my bare hands and were bulletproof and never got sick and was always healthy and everything, well, yeah, I could do anything, too. But I'm only human. Right. Right. It's a conversation that, you know, again, in the comics that, that Superman and Batman, for instance, have, have had, you know. Uh, it's like, yeah, fighting crime would be a whole lot easier if I was bulletproof. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, so. I, for, for, uh, I want, uh, well, unless Winston has something else to say, because I, I, I want Winston to get out a uh, last word uh, for this before we move on. Uh, you have anything else, uh, Winston? I think, I think we have beaten this bald horse to death. Yeah. I think we have <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, because I would love to have a Superman episode and go over all of because we've had a batman episode that's why i actually want to skip over uh we know in the chron chronology we got the two burton films we got the two schumacher batman films dc didn't want to do any more like other superheroes in that rough spot then we have the nolan batman films we got three of those we got superman returns which we talked about but now we're taking it more modern right we're trying to but figure you want to talk about like the almost ones because like oh, like what well because there there could have the been Nicholas. a batman triumphant there could have yeah. been there could have been a batman right. Triumphant, right and that would have been really different really cool there would there could have been a, a justice league movie 
right. what, like 20 Justice years League before Mortal? it happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, he's about uh, growing on the heels of if Shoemaker had been able to do his, do the fifth okay. Batman movie. There's that too. Yeah. But there, 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 were, were, there were like, there was a forked idea where like the guy who did Babe, but also Mad Max, um, George did a Batman movie. That is, yes. Yeah. And then also Schumacher just continued with what he wanted to do. And those are okay. interesting. And then you also, we also have Superman Lives, which uh, yeah. I think is, is a cooler movie to talk about with the, the like, the pre-script being that it never happened. Um, because we can, we can talk about infinite permutations about success. And isn't that cool? Isn't that right. fun? talk about oh this would have been great or this would have been trash um <laughs> yeah but uh well i mean i i do think that like <laughs> it's so weird there's so like wasn't there huge mechanical spiders in nick cages nick cages Superman no movie? there was Is that what it was it was the, the, going it, no, it no. that uh in the in the death of superman animated film to which like kevin smith walks by and goes uh, spiders that is slain for, yeah. for uh, Superman, but that it was it was going to be a lot of things. It never yeah. got to be anything. Yeah, like there were also concept art of like there were going to be millions of spiders and they were going to crawl over him like aliens. Um, and it was Superman trying to kill that, but also like there was a sequence where Superman fought ninjas. Um, yeah. where he fought polar bears <laughs> yeah where he killed a polar bear there, oh. there are a bunch of lame things that were going to be thrown in there <laughs> who knows where it would have ended up yeah um, I, I, I just I yeah. remember hearing that there was going to be a big mechanical spider and then they ended up taking that concept and bring it to wild wild west yeah yeah because yeah. John Peters yeah John, John Peters <laughs> wanted both the, the polar bear killing and the spider but yeah. um all of the other Warner Brothers execs were like, no, don't do that. So the finished product probably would not have had it one or both of those things. Okay. Yeah. You can actually find, I think, I know you can find this the Kevin Smith script online. But I yeah. think you can also find <clears throat> you can also find the final shooting script of the one that that they were, you know, yeah. in the process of making where where you know Nicholas Cage had done the costume test yep. for that version also exists online somewhere. I haven't read it, but I, I think all three of well, I don't know if the Superman like the the pre one, the Kevin Portier one that Kevin Smith looked at and and worked on. Yeah. Um, it was I think it was going to be called Superman Reborn or something like that. And then Kevin Smith worked on. I was like, this is shit, and uh, trashed that. But then made it a Kevin Smith movie and. Warner Brothers didn't want that. Uh, so they gave it to Wes Crick? Wes something. Strick. Strick. That's who it is. Uh, and he made it kind of more of a Burton film, and Warner Brothers didn't like that. So they gave it to the director of Nightcrawler, Dan... Damn, what's his last name? Anyway, and he kind of made it more of a human piece. That's I. I don't... Again... We can talk about the possibilities of whether or not that movie would have even right. been made, but it got damn close. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were building costumes and building sets, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so. Justice League Mortal did comment or did costume test. Yep, Justice yeah, League yeah. Mortal. That's two. Yeah, which would have had oh my DJ. What's his name? He was he was one of the Shazam people, DJ Katrona or whatever. Is that what his name is? Oh, okay. He's, he was supposed to be Superman. Uh um, oh. it's 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 uh, uh, uh Amber was gonna be Batman. Uh yeah, that's right. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yep. man. And I'm like, I mean Hammer is Batman. No, he should be Superman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to see Army Hammer with black hair. Because he's always blonde, right? He's black hair either way. He's black hair as Bruce Wayne or as Superman. Yeah. True. Yeah. I just think yeah. Army Hammer looks more he doesn't. I think he's not as friendly looking. You know what I mean. I think Army Hammer as Oliver Queen would have been a good choice too. You pick uh, yeah. one of those three. I think you keep him blonde, and then I would just love Army Hammer to finally get his big budget uh, tentpole movie that actually worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this guy has been so close, and he's a really good actor. Yeah, I, mean, I like him. All movies and and even. I mean, the thing that made me just go, okay, this guy's funny. This guy's got some smarts was, you know, one of the, uh, was it Sleeping Beauty movies, Snow White movies, Snow White, one of the Snow White movies where he was the prince. Okay. Or something. In, in Snow White and the Huntsman? Not in the Huntsman. It's the other one. Oh, Mirror, Mirror, <laughs> Mirror, 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 Mirror. And okay. he's really funny in that. He's, he's got a good sense of humor. He's got some smarts. And I was, and he, and he dove into the ridiculousness of the stuff that he, that they made him do. And I was like, all right, Army Hammer. So, you know, it's just been kind of heartbreaking to watch this guy, you know, you know, swing and a miss, you know, yeah. at least twice a man from uncle and Lone Ranger. And at least man from uncle, I thought uh, was pretty enjoyable. Lone Ranger is just a mess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you calling the Lone Ranger that you should have the title of this should be Tonto and, and, the, and this guy. Right. <laughs> Uh, Army Hammer as Hal Jordan would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Hal Jordan yeah. shouldn't be Ryan Reynolds' wisecracker type kind of guy. I don't. I don't find Hal Jordan as as that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's not a Deadpool wisecrack type guy. He's right. a cocky, arrogant, like handsome man type, right? Thrill but seeker, think, Indiana Jones. Yeah, but Maybe. if you're casting if you're casting Ryan Reynolds in that role and you're telling him, well, you're a cocky dude. Uh, I, I, and this is pre Deadpool, although not pre Wade Wilson. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's tough to put the fault on Ryan Reynolds for that role because I oh, right. no, I don't. He spent well, but but what you're saying is like I don't want. Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern because Hal Jordan doesn't do wisecracks yeah. like Ryan Reynolds does. And yeah. I think, you know, I think yeah, Warner Brothers just looked at this and went, he's an arrogant prick. Hal Jordan's an arrogant prick. We'll put them together. That makes sense. But I think right. Ryan Reynolds just was one step too far. But yeah. people really were really jacking on his skis. Yeah. You, know, um, you know who the other guy was? Who? Yes. Came down to Reynolds and one other guy. Who? Chris Pine. Yeah. And Chris Pine would have been better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we but didn't the know movie, that. The movie wouldn't have been better because it wasn't no. up to no. them. It wasn't Ryan Reynolds' fault. 
Right. No. Right. It was the it script. Was a, and it was direction. a lot of million things. Yeah, here, here, was, here. Oh, I'm going to pose pose a question after after Steve. Sorry. Okay. Now, uh, you know, my problem with the Green Lantern movie is if you're going to throw that much story into it, give it the time it needs to tell that story. Make it a two and a half hour movie. Right. But it's an hour and 45 minutes and they've got at least three stories going on. They've got the they've got the Hal Jordan origin story going on. They've got the romance with, with Carol Ferris and they've got the Hector Hammond story. Yeah. And plus, no, plus, the, plus the uh, Parasite. There were slow the, yeah, there were slow playing the, the Sinestro one too. Yeah, like they really least, had four or five different stories going on. Well, yeah, right. But the Sinestro one again from the animated movie, the Sinestro story, it wasn't even a story. He was Sinestro was Hal Jordan's trainer. Yeah, and and so it needed to be, it needed to be that. And I would say, if you had to cut one of those plots, keep the training, <laughs> keep the Hector Hammond, um, oh. and. But put Carol Ferris on the on the sidelines a little bit. Maybe make her the the object of affection. It's a little bit out of reach, right? That 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 romance hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And save that for your second movie, um, and have Sinestro be the villain for the second movie. And then so then the third movie you can have um, Star Sapphire be the villain, or switch it <laughs> yeah well no you want to but make uh make star sapphire the villain for the third movie well make, dc make films dc films has a problem with putting their like number one villain in the first movie and then maybe <laughs> maybe not or not killing them off um but it's like when you do that then who do you put as a sequel you know right like like what's good about the new Spider-Man movies is that like Norman Osborn and the Osborns have not been brought up and they're not going to be at least until for like four more movies down the line. Like we don't know. But the point point right. being is like every first Batman movie, like Batman Begins did it well where it was like, it was not about the Joker. Sure. Joker right. comes in dark Knight, but like that, that way they built it up. Right. But, yeah. but if you, if you have a first flash movie where professor zoom is <laughs> the villain in the first one, then it's like, okay, now we get to dumb it down to the rogues where like, right. I love the rogues, but they're not, it's not the same as professor zoom. Like, do you but, put your yeah. number one villain like in the first movie all the time? But I think that's a cool thing to do actually, because what you do is you elevate all of the other lesser known villains to the level of the first villain. You have to do that. You have that opportunity, yeah. And and yeah. I think that, well, it doesn't really work with the Burton verse, but no. Um, but but uh, if yeah. but again, if you go back to the to the to the Donner Superman movies, yeah, they that's brought where I, yeah. Luther as as the kind of you know comic evil villain character because in Superman 2 they were gonna bring in the real threat. The intergalactic right. threat, the alien yeah. threat. Right. Yeah. But so, so that would have that was a prime example of here's Zod in the comics is kind of like way down the list of right. villains at that point in time in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. And here and they took that a pretty obscure character from the comics and elevated them into Superman's prime threat. I mean, now when people talk about Superman's main villains, they talk about Lex Luthor, Zod, 
dark side maybe if they understand that or you know and then watch the show yeah 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 here's here's the thing though uh i think superman lucks out by having his main villain not be as strong or fast or whatever which is lex luther so yeah lex luther's stakes are never going to be as high as zod or dark side or even like parasite like like lex luther's stakes are never going to be that as high i mean they are in the long run but like each right. of his individual things that he does are never like universe defining. So Superman oh, kind yeah. of Superman benefits from having his villain not be an evil version of Superman. But yes. Flash's villain yeah. is well. an evil version of Flash, <laughs> and Green Lantern's right. villain is an evil version of Green Lantern, and Aquaman's villain is an evil version of Aquaman. <laughs> if you yeah. do an Ocean Master, but the point right. being is, is that like. Like, imagine if you had an X-Men movie where, like, the first villain was Apocalypse. It, it just, it, like, how yeah, how do you do that and then dumb it back down to, like, human villains? But that's, but that's where I think, that's where I think you and I disagree. I don't uh-huh. think there's any dumbing down that you need to do with the human villains. It's okay. just about making the stakes matter. Okay. And if right. you have a villain where the hero goes, whatever, you're stupid, then, <laughs> then that's the hero's problem. That's right. the hero's fault. I and that's why I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree that Lex Luthor isn't a universe cataclysmic level villain. He can absolutely be that villain for Superman. Oh, he, he has, certainly has been in the past. Yeah. So right. it's just about picking the right storyline and making the beats matter because again uh, having having somebody having a child with a gun to its head is still as scary as an atomic bomb counting down it's the same scare and it's just about making the audience know that is scary and that's that's an actor's choice that's a writer's choice a, a production choice. That I take it back. I take I villain. take back the word dumbing down, Winston. I'm sorry. <laughs> I let I let you down, man. I used the wrong word. No, but I'm with you. I'm with you though. Like I yeah. I use the wrong word, dumbing down. Uh what I mean is like devolving the stakes. But uh okay. Or like deep depreciating Just keep the, stakes. the, the keep depreciating the stakes. value of it, you know? You don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. The comic story that I uh, that I sadly don't really think they did enough with. Um, they, I, I have a hunch that the behind the scenes on it oh, was, oh, isn't this a cool idea? It is. And then they did it, and they were like, oh, we, we don't really know how to play this. But I was sitting there reading it going, oh, I do, was when Lex Luthor became president. Right. It's like, now, you, now you have Superman's character is... The Amer- or Superman's evil villain is the embodiment of the American way. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting story. It's also whatever, playing whatever, out right now. Whatever happened to truth, justice, and the American way? That is a great story. I'd yeah. love to see that on yeah. an animated version, but I would love to see that on the big screen. I think I, when people are talking about, oh, they're, you know, once you get past Lex Luthor and Zod, then what other villains does Superman have? I go, so well, many- that's up to you. That's up to you, the filmmakers, to sell the idea. And yeah. I would look no further than what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Yeah, that was a great story. Yeah, and yeah. it also helped. It also helped redefine 
who Superman is in an age of dark and gritty characters. Yeah. This is this this uh, analogy is, is might go over everyone's head because I don't know how into pro wrestling everyone is, but this is this is a a huge problem for pro wrestling because <laughs> you have you have whenever a little guy goes up against a big guy, all of these like wrestling fans fans, but they're marks. All of these <laughs> these smart marks are looking and saying, well, they couldn't do anything because that guy isn't going to sell anything. But it's about it's about David and Goliath. These stories are there. It's mm-hmm. just how each person sells that story that makes it matter. And I, I again, I contend uh, uh, Spider-Man is a great example of this because they shrunk down the level of what Spider-Man covers. Yeah. yeah. Back from like... You know, Spider Spider Man covers the universe. No, Spider Man covers Queens, maybe <laughs> Brooklyn. Um, if yeah. he goes on a class field trip, I guess Washington D.C. gets saved too. Yeah, but that's only that was luck. Um, yeah, that had nothing to do with anything. Um, Wait, Spider Man was in D.C. the same time Peter Parker was in D.C. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't don't connect those dots. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, but, but also at the same time was shrinking. Right? Yeah, well, what I was gonna say is in shrinking his scale, yeah, it made the vulture like 20 billion times cooler as yeah. a yeah. villain. And yeah. the vulture's a nothing, I mean he's a he's a classic villain, but on the whole, he's a nothing villain to yeah. Spidey comics. Yeah. It's just cool to see him every once in a while. But like again, with Michael Keaton on, on the helmet, everybody believing that he is going to kill anything that moves to protect what's his. Yeah. We have a truly demented person here. Right. And uh, also I love they, I loved Michael her, Keaton's vulture. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Steve. Yeah. And I said and also making it really personal. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh so um, good. I I, I I feel like it's really hard to make these superhero movies where it lasts the test of time. It 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 has villains that are multidimensional. It has heroes that are multidimensional. You can make these universes cross over. You can you can uh, sell merchandise for. And for some reason, DC hasn't figured that out. Warner Brothers and DC hasn't. Uh, Marvel has through tried and true, you know, trial and error. But even their errors haven't been that bad. Uh, no. It's this That's... weird, it's this weird thing where maybe they can, you know, they get to call their own. Uh-oh. They get to call their own shots, you know? Yeah. And, um, what was I, uh, what? Well, and what's nice is the other thing about, you know, because people are, when Marvel got bought by Disney, people were like, uh-huh. oh, we can have costumes with Mickey Mouse. It's like, no, fanboy. Right. If you look at the no, history we'll have of with Alien yeah. and yeah, if you look, <laughs> yeah, if you look at the history of how Disney uh, handles its acquisitions, they usually let the acquisitions keep doing what they're doing, as long as like Pixar, yeah. keep doing what you're doing, Muppets, yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, um, just keep making us money, <laughs> right? Yeah, 
So, you know, they don't really tamper with, with formulas all that much. Um, as long as you got the formula. Yeah. Then, if not, then, cause I, I would say the Muppets is a, uh, a semi good example, but then they weren't making them money because that yeah. I don't think was really what the Muppets wanted to do. They just wanted to make really cool art. And Disney was like, no, but we got to sell those Kermits and Miss Figgies. We got to sell them. So we're going to really tinker with your stuff, man. And sorry. Find what works. Yeah. And then they yeah. did. And then they threw that out because they didn't like it. Yeah. And then, and then I think, I think that this is a case where the Jim Henson company actually bought the rights back from Disney so they can go back to doing what they do. Yeah. They huh. do best. Yep. Yeah. So that's, here, that's why there's more Muppet thing in Muppet land, the California adventure. That's why it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind well, of thing. Now, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Here, here's a question, yeah. I guess, to, to close up the last half hour of the show. Uh, Cause I know it's going to, I mean, it's going to warrant a lot of discussion. Uh, where does DC modern DC films pass and fail? What are they doing? Right. What are they doing wrong? Uh, what were your guys' favorite movies of the past, like five years? You know what I mean? The modern DC man of steel onwards, right. Is, is considered yeah. the modern DC yeah. films. Yeah, which ones worked? Which ones didn't? What were the problems here? <laughs> well, Moper Man was the big problem. <laughs> Moper Man, the, yeah, okay. Moper was the big yeah. problem with the Snyder's. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, here's here's my thing about Zack Snyder, and and I I say this also with the uh, understanding that on balance, I did actually enjoy all those movies. Right, they didn't knock me out, but I'm also not a hater. Right. Of, of, I, of which movies? I, Man of Steel, Man of Batman, Steel Batman, and then Justice League. Oh. Um, oh. On balance, actually, I actually, I'm on the plus side on all three of those, but I also understand, and boy, do I have problems with all three of those. Yeah. Uh, most, most of it comes down to tone. Most of it just comes down to tone. And the fact that Zack Snyder's a really good visual storyteller but when it gets to the nitty gritty of individual character bits, it's, for instance, most of the problems with Man of Steel were one line fixes. It, you know, it wasn't ever made clear through the course of that movie. If you stop and think about it, you can find the rationalization, but it's never made clear about this is Superman's first day on the job when all this nightmare stuff happens. Yeah. It's his first day trying to apply all these powers in a very public way. And so that's one thing that they could have just made clear. Like, you, you know, that could have been like a one-line clip to one of the soldiers in Smallville. It's like, it's like, you know, do you know what you're doing here? It's like, not really. It's my first day on the job. You know, just something like that. <clears throat> when he's, when they have the, the biggest one is when they have, when he and um, Feora have the fight in the IHOP, she spouts all this dialogue that says nothing. She's just spewing words that don't set up character, don't set up plot. She's just blah, 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 bad guy stuff. And none of it means anything. And it would have been great while all that's going on, while she's wiping the floor with him, just to sit there and kind of laugh at a certain point and go, <laughs> that's the problem with you on this planet of midget. You've never actually had to fight anyone. You don't know how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You don't have a soldier's focus. You don't have a right, which because one of the big complaints was, how come it took Superman, you know, 20 years to learn how to use his powers and Zod can do it in five minutes? It's like, well, set it up. 
Set it up with just some lines of dialogue. You don't have a soldier's focus. You can't eliminate what's not, you know, something like that. You just, the discipline. Zod the does say that line, but it's so far after the fact. Yeah. He says it as he's beating him up. He's like, I've been doing this. I was born for this. You right. were nothing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Feyre would have been nice saying that too. Yeah. And especially after she's wiping the floor with yeah. him in the Smallville sequence. Set right. this stuff up so that people can go, I'm just used to Superman, you know, out there saving people and taking the fight outside of town and go, yeah, me too, but this is his first day on the job. You're used to the Superman who's been doing this for two or three or five years or ten years. Yeah. Yeah. This is his first day on the job. He doesn't know how to fight. You know, all his life he's just had to stand there and take it, if, if that. Or, you know, go put telephone poles through some guy's truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Winston, you got... You got opinions on Snyder? Because um, I, got, I got some opinions on Snyder. Yeah. Um, I think that Man of Steel was one of the most progressive takes on Superman. I think making a Superman movie where they're slow playing the stakes for Lex Luthor where Lex Luthor could have been the most understandable villain of the DC universe. Uh-huh. That, this, that, that they were playing up the fact that Superman is a natural disaster. That <laughs> yeah. he comes in, he's not your friend here. He right. doesn't even know what he's doing. He yeah. will level your city. You have to trust Lex. He's an unseen that, cop. Right. That is something I have never seen and I don't think I'll ever see again. <laughs> we missed we missed so many opportunities and it's so oh. sad. But, Man, I heard, I heard, yeah. you guys you guys know about Movie Bob? I I'm told talked to Dimitri about this, I'm pretty sure before. There's a guy in Movie Bob. Mm. He he does he's got a YouTube channel. If sure. you if you movie if you Google Movie Bob really that bad. He has he has a channel called Really That Good where he takes movies that have this great reputation right. and deconstructs them to say, you know, was this movie really that good? And usually he picks movies that the conclusion is, yeah, they're really that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was the original Donner Superman. Mm-hmm. But 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 he said and he, and he prefaces his uh, takedown of Batman versus Superman with, I was never going to do this. This is not what this channel is about. This channel is not about ripping movies i want to celebrate movies but then this movie came out and he goes and i think it's a good opportunity to talk about how big summer blockbusters can go so horribly wrong and he turned it and you can hear his exasperation at the end of each episode he does three hour and a half long episodes taking down batman versus superman it's a really really fun rabbit hole to go down if you have an afternoon free and I got I a bunch tell of them. You, <laughs> yeah, I tell you that at the because he also talks about what's good about it. He also talks about here's what they did right in Batman versus Superman, right. and he kind of he kind of starts with that, and then does this pull apart of the rest of it. And um, and I gotta say, like I say, on balance, I still enjoy that, especially mm. the expanded director's cut. I think it's a much better movie than the theatrical release. Mm. Having said that, I am well aware that it is a deeply flawed movie, and Movie Bob, Bob Chipman is the guy's real name, 
movie Bob really does hit every single defect in that movie and, and the possible reasons why it happened and what went horribly wrong. And I couldn't argue with any of them, even, even though, like I say, on balance, I'm like, yeah, I still kind of enjoyed it though. I still kind of liked it. Oh, um, cool. yeah. But, but it's, but I, I'm sitting there after four and a half hours going, I agree with everything he just said so far as what the flaws of this movie are. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. And they squandered so many opportunities. They, For one thing, you can never do another live action Death of Superman movie. Yeah. At least not for another 20 years. Yeah. But <laughs> Which, uh, why would you? Anyway, yeah. I, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so go ahead. So that was much my, I want to get credit right. where it's due. And you really want yeah, a yeah. really great in-depth takedown of any movie. But in this yeah. particular case, a movie that's, you know, very geek sensitive. Movie Bob, really that bad. Uh, parts one, two, and three. <laughs> okay. I will, bring I will dinner. Definitely bring, <laughs> you know, yeah. Bring uh, uh, but, beverages. Yeah. To answer, to answer your question, though, Dimitri. Yeah. Um, I... Zack Snyder doesn't like superheroes. Right. Yeah. He's he's a fan of like Ayn Rand and pulling yourself up from your bootstraps. Dystopian stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. He and and be, you can see that in his films of Everything. superheroes. Yeah. So you what? Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm with for you. me, it it's tough. I think uh, just empathetically speaking. It's tough to make a superhero movie when you hate the thing that you're doing. Like yeah. Dark so Ennis. Fun. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at least uh, Garth was smart enough to know that, well, if I really want to do this, I got to make up my own characters. Right. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of my whole review of, of the three films. I think when Christopher Nolan was a more hands-on producer you get a really interesting nuanced take on a superhero that the average audience member has already made a foregone conclusion with. And I think that's interesting. And Russell Crowe as Jor-El is awesome. I, and the, I like yeah, that jor uh, uh Yeah, and him quoting the Grant Morrison line from All-Star Superman where he's like, you can step into the sun, is Brilliant. I understand why it's in the trailer. Kevin Costner as as Pa Kent. Also, I mean, all the, all, the casting, fantastic. Yeah. Snyder um, cast really well. Yeah. I just I just recreated the Jonathan Kent scene. Oh, thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a prime <laughs> example. There's a prime example. It, it, it's like, okay, okay, Zack Snyder, you want your big special effects <clears throat> set piece. Right. And so that's how we're going to kill Jonathan Kent in this one. He's not going to just, you know, die and think we're going to kill him in a tornado. Right. So what's Jonathan Kent been telling Clark this whole time? Don't be afraid to be yourself. You know, you might want to settle back, you know, don't live in fear, all this. First thing he does, you know, don't come, you know, don't come, you know, live in fear, hide yourself, all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. If it had been me. And I, and again, I know, okay, you want a big special effects sequence there for the death of Jonathan Kent. Cool. I'm on board. But let's make this change. Let's say he doesn't, you know, don't. And he's, you know, Clark's torn. Just have Ma come up and just whisper to him, make it look hard, you know. And, you know, so she gives him permission to go out and save right. her husband. 
he, she knows her son could save her husband, right? Right. You know, make it look hard. And so he, they do. And of course, the crowd goes wild. And it's like, oh my God, Clark, look cool. You saved your dad. Right. And he's kind of in the midst of all that. And then, you know, Ma kind of goes, Clark, Clark. And then we see that Jonathan Kent died of a heart attack anyway. Right. That's the last. I, I would think shrapnel. also another, what I'd say another or shrapnel. Old, shrapnel's yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, I, I would say have him try and do his best and still not make it, and say yeah. like he, even with all my powers, because that was the 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 pathos for the original Superman was like and, I have all these powers and I couldn't save my dad. I right. couldn't and, do it. And that's and, the thing. That's yeah. the thing about Superman is he can't be everywhere at right. once. He's right. still a Superman. He's not a god. He really he really can't turn back time and everywhere. Right. Right. You or know, he has limitations. Right. That's yeah. And, and that's the thing. There are some things he can't fight. He can't really fight, for instance, racism. You know, he can be an example. He can take racists down, but he can't fight the idea of racism. But he smashes the clan. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, another yeah. s- a solution for that for that tornado scene is that Superman has to. Uh, pick whether to save his father or a bus full of children. And he just assumes he can do both. He saves the bus. He goes to save his dad, but he's too late. Yeah. You do the dark night. Yeah. You do the dark night bit. Okay. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess so. (laughs) And again, either one of those is a, is a great solution But this whole thing. Just standing there watching his dad die when he knows he can save him. And he knows his mother knows he can save him. That was just, it's, it's clunky. It's like the Martha scene. You know, it's like, it's kind of, it's like, it's like a good idea. Let's just tweak it a little bit, you know? Well, it's, 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 yeah. You know, the Martha scene. Jimmy Olsen being a CIA agent. It's all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I guess. Yeah. I was a good tweak, you know, my favorite behind the scenes thing for Man of Steel was Superman killing Zod is not in the original script. Right. And, and he was like, oh, I think he needs to do it. And both David Goyer and Christopher Nolan goes, no, Superman doesn't kill people. He goes, we wrote the solution. It's right there. And, he, and, he, and he, he, Superman doesn't kill. And Snyder's response was, well, then where does this code of killing comes from? And I'm reading that going, I don't know. Good upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, like, everybody in the world have, needs to kill I, one person before they realize like, they shouldn't kill. Yeah. I was just like, man, that's so... What kind of a mindset you have to have to think that oh you got to kill somebody so you know not not to kill somebody? It's like no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Superman needs a my bad. I think <laughs> my yeah. bad. I killed somebody. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, so. Snyder. Snyder can't handle. He can't handle that. Like I was rewatching Justice League last night, and I'm tr- I was trying to break down which ones are Joss Whedon scenes. Other than the whole mustache thing, but like other than that, right. like what are Joss Whedon scenes? What are Zack Snyder scenes? And you can tell not necessarily anything about that, that was, was Joss Whedon. And anything that was what? Anything that was pithy was Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, yeah, I, I, you could tell with dialogue and stuff, but like yeah. the intro to Justice League is this like almost the same as the intro to Watchmen. Yeah, it has this music. It's very dark. It has slow motion, dull, um, 
loss of hope scenes. So in yeah. the beginning of Justice League, you have like like a Muslim store owner and her son, and then some guys getting up in their face because oh, Superman yeah, yeah, is yeah. dead. Superman is yeah. dead, so like the world has no hope. And it's just like the beginning of Watchmen, where it's like the world is decaying. And like, right. where are the heroes? And yeah. like, every all everything is dull. And like, it's not. Snyder is not the uni- like the the director and the take on the universe that DC needs for longevity, especially. Right. But he doesn't. Not even for timeliness. He's not the director for DC. He's not. He does really cool stories, but he's yeah. not DC's guy. He's not Warner. He's a Warner Brothers guy. He's not DC's man. You don't um, you don't think Zack Snyder could have done a solo superhero movie in a lighter DC universe that focused on the darker take? He could take he could take on Spectre. I think he could do the yeah. Spectre really well. What about I think, the question? Um, I mean it would, it would maybe, essentially be Rorschach, but you know what I mean? Right. Well, he would turn it into Rorschach. I right. think Yeah, uh, but he did it. Um yeah. He could do, I think he could do Identity Crisis better than a lot of other people. I think he could okay. do Identity Crisis really well. Uh, or 52, um, yeah. where, where there's this could, lack of hope. I think he could take a lot of the ideas that he, that he used in Superman or Man of Steel and apply them to Martian Manhunter. Huh. Ooh, that would be interesting. But, but I... John is what? so so like he stares at the void and he smiles, kind of a guy. It I, I it'd be difficult. Maybe, I think. I don't. I think. I think. Uh, I think. He, I think there's an interesting Cold War take. Yeah. For Marshall Manhunter that could be out there. Yeah. You know, who, I, yeah. Who, who is the who is the other? You know. Right. In, in our country, you know, subverting everything. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, if yeah, I I like where your head's at. I, but again, I he he makes Moper Man. Snyder makes Moper right. Man, and yeah. I don't want that to happen to Martian Manhunter because he goes through like he's Job, like he goes through such yeah. a like a, a terrible life, and he comes to Earth already with that hell, and then he has to form the Justice League, and more hell gets put on him, and he's still like, no, there's hope here, there's optimism buck up isn't um, it funny isn't it funny by the way that you brought up job and i immediately thought arrested development before thinking of the bible that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like martian manhunter is job you just john jones with his head down like <laughs> yeah like <laughs> it's not it's not magic clark it's not magic but where did the pigeon come from uh, <laughs> it's an illusion uh, <laughs> it's so no weird, word. man. So uh, weird. yeah, yeah. To um, answer your question that you that you were going to ask about yeah. what my favorite uh, modern superhero film, mm. DC yeah. film. Oh, uh, let's talk. Yeah, no, let's talk okay. positive. Let's talk positive yeah. here because we've been positive. we've been hitting. Let's criticism. talk positives that I thought was going to be a negative. Um, oh, okay. because I went at a much earlier iteration of this show. Uh, in a lost episode of The Key, and oh. I destroyed uh, some DC trailers. I was livid with Aquaman. I was livid with Shazam. 
Uh, and in general, I was really upset that uh, DC hadn't, they did not have the credibility as a film company to do a nod and a wink that Shazam was doing. Yeah. And Aquaman in general, the trailer was really mismatched in terms of emotions. I wasn't right. getting much of anything. Again, I, I think I said, um, when they look at the crowd, it's like the CG models were looking at each other and saying, I guess this is cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was quit. It was think. Quidditch. It was Quidditch. It was right. <laughs> right. Um, but I will say, uh, both those movies are fantastic. They're really good. And it's yeah. because DC, and more, well, but, but more, no, because uh, <laughs> I, I think know. it's more, um, more I, it's more Warner Brothers let Jeff Johns do his thing. I, right. I have a problem with Jeff Johns taking, I really do have a problem with Jeff Johns taking Shazam and making them six people that he yeah. did in the New 52 because he it. just took the Green Lantern idea and he moved it to Shazam. Of yeah. like, but uh, idea just put more yeah. colors on things. Yeah. That idea does exist in the comics, though. It well, only, well, in Flashpoint, yeah. that was the the first time that, like, Shazam had a, like, a not the Shazam family, but those kids got it was this, the Flashpoint the alternate timeline. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where each of them got a different power from the Shazam. Right. Um, yeah. And then in New 52, they expanded on that. And then they brought that in the T. I don't know. It's something new for the movie. I, so I was like, I okay. am more, I'm okay with it. I just, it, it's just such, I saw it as such a direct crib off an earlier idea Jeff Johns did that I was like, well, that, all right. I mean, but, you're, you're saying that, I mean, have you read the Flash comics recently? There's yeah. different forces. So there's yeah. the still force and the strength force and the sage force. That's just right. the Green Lantern Corps again. I was, but I would say that's also like, that's like the red and the green with Animal Man and, and Swamp Thing. Where, where yeah. people are trying to, they're trying to add more things, but, but in doing so, they have to like retcon other things. I think that's yeah. just a comic book trope. It's so a, I'm not, yeah. I'm not upset a, about it. I just wish that in the Shazam movie they had kept Billy as it maybe even bring in Miss Marvel, but don't bring in the kids until the the second movie because I think you you take like you you knock down the importance of Shazam. Right. By, like, who's Shazam? I guess he's all of them. I you know <laughs> he can do all of it, but yeah. but Shazam the movie itself does a really good job at deconstructing Superman. And I think yeah. when Shazam in the comics does that, it's perfect. That's why I've never been a big fan of like Shazam being an alter ego. I've always really liked Billy Batson being Shazam. Okay. Um, yeah. And I know that's kind of a, an unpopular opinion um, because there are good stories where they are two different personalities. And I'm never, I'm, you know, I'm never going to say no to that. That, right. that, that version of Shazam can exist. But I think what's cool about Shazam is what if as a kid, you get to be your dream job. Yeah. Like you get to be the cop and then you find out crap. 
I'm a cop and I'm five, or I'm a cop and I'm 13. Yeah. What am I gonna do here? And and what the the what do you do? Well, your villains are gonna be weird because you're weird. And all of the you know, this whole universe is different and it's it's really like two degrees off because the wish that you want is about two degrees off of reality. And I love that. And they captured it a little bit in Shazam, but it, I think both Aquaman and Shazam and to a lesser extent, Wonder Woman, uh, suffer the, the gritty grittiness of things. Like yeah. if Shazam, if Talkie Tawny actually showed up and wasn't like an Easter egg that showed up every 10 to 15 minutes in the movie of like Billy Batson, I guess just likes tigers. If you had a legitimate talking Tawny in that that movie, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if Aquaman, if if Jason Momoa like wasn't trying to be a badass and he was just like a dumb himbo, uh, it would have been beautiful. That's um, Thor Ragnarok. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I don't know, dumb himbo. <laughs> that's Thor Ragnarok. I don't think, no, no. <laughs> but Thor Ragnarok does run into I a, like, a, tonal, a tonal problem. I like this, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, personally. but you have this like brother thing with Odin. You have this really beautiful moment with Odin, Thor, and Loki. Yeah. Um, but then you also have like, don't touch my hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, I think those two things can coexist, but you yeah. do run into a a stakes problem and emotion, but we're talking about DC. We're yeah. not talking about Marvel. Yeah. Screw those guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Wonder Woman is a good movie that suffered from one line and it was the, uh, the I choose love line or whatever the, the, where, okay. uh, yeah, in the end. love and you're like, Oh, but I get, I get where you're coming from. This is so cool, but that's such a lame line. Yeah. It should have been <laughs> compassion. It should have been compassion maybe, and empathy, not love. Maybe, but nobody's showing that in the movie. Everybody, they're in the middle of World War One. They're in the the darkest moment of humanity. They're and literally saying, in the trenches. Yeah, and you're <laughs> saying love is somehow the key to humanity's like superiority to to gods when she when she saves the town though that's yeah. her moment of i want to serve humanity because of but it's compassion not love technically right, right. she doesn't sure. love those people she is compassionate and empathetic right but but she did not need to telegraph that i guess right that is that is the one moment where i'm like oh you were 98 percent there and now I am gone. She could have so, said hope. She could have said hope also, Hope right? is not, but I think uh, Rogue One took that from them. Uh, <laughs> and they couldn't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think those three movies are great because the people weren't trying to make, uh, uh, you know, manic depressant characters. That they were, they were legitimately trying to do right by the characters that have 80 plus years of history to, to mine from. Right. Yeah. Uh, sort uh, of like the, the other company. It right. also helped that the, that again, the people at Warner brothers that greenlit the Snyderverse had been gone for at least a couple of years by the time. Yeah. Pat and, and, the, yeah. and James Wan and those guys came along. Yeah. 
it shows because you can tell that somebody came along with oh, they don't they don't like mopey superman one of the behind the scenes you know because again warner brothers is this huge conglomerate <clears throat> um the reason there's a tyler hecklin superman on supergirl was that was a test to see if modern audiences like the smiley superman and of course when all the re response came back that's that's him that's superman the guy that smiles when he flies that's the, yeah. the guy that makes jokes that's superman they're like Oh, uh, well, now what yeah, do we do? <laughs> but like DC still doesn't get it. I, I, I still think that because, like, Again, if you look at Harley, stop it. DC gets it just fine. Warner Brothers, okay, okay. But DC, you know, <laughs> listen here, DC, young man. Listen yeah, here, I'll shake my okay. That's fine, that's fine. But what is DC <laughs> Universe's Harley Quinn then? What's DC Universe's Harley Quinn if not let's really steer into to the shitty Snyderverse that and and make it like a gallows humor thing yeah uh, I don't know I don't because, know because dark and gritty works with dark and gritty characters like the yeah. suicides it's what like what makes Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn Harley Quinn you know yeah I think that but show revolves around what that makes, I don't think that's what makes Harley Quinn Harley Quinn I you don't think, like it or you don't think that the show I, I'm having I'm having a a go of it. I, I'm having a real tough time parsing through Harley Quinn. Okay. Uh, I because the the mental gymnastics of creating that world that they want for Harley Quinn it hurts me. <laughs> Instead of creating like the legitimate stakes for Harley, they destroy all of the other characters. Instead of like actually making a joke kind of comedic take on on toxic relationships and breaking off it's like what if we just make the whole dc universe sexist or something and you're like, <laughs> oh, oh okay but do we have to do that no but well, Superman yeah, is dumb now. But here, here's why i think that show works for me okay um more than it does. First of all, yeah, it's definitely leaning into a very dysfunction. I mean, the, and again, I always go back to all of these adaptations of DCs exist on some alternate universe. It's this is. Oh, it's, it's yeah, the DC this, multiverse. This, okay. Yeah, this this takes okay. place on Earth. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's a weird, that's so a weird that, Earth, but all right. Yeah. Well, no elevator ever works. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so in, in that sense, they, I think, very deftly set up the fact that this is not the DC universe that you're used to. This is very much an alternate universe where Commissioner Gordon is an alcoholic, you know, yeah. or, where Batman's a little too full of himself to, mm. to detriment, where Superman's kind of a super jerk, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so you set up a dysfunctional universe to begin with, and then the the insanity, the Harley Quinn insanity, kind of plays on that. And the fact that you know, like the villains are like a you know, literally a boys' club, you know, that she's not allowed right. into. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they're playing up the whole yeah toxic masculinity thing, and mm. and also even a little bit you know if you go to the, the Penguin's nephew's 
bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah, yeah. The whole thing of the of the un, unappreciated, uh, you know, birthday clown. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So they're just really having a lot of fun with these sort of real life tropes slapped into this kind of very dysfunctional version of the DC universe. And I think it just allows all that insanity to kind of play off each other. And then plus the heartbreaker is that they also have this kind of like real girl relationship with Harley and poison Ivy that nicely plays off of that. And that, you know, like King shark and cyborgman and just and Dr. Psycho, you know, Dr. Psycho, it would be very hard to make that character work in live action. Yeah, absolutely. But, but because they created this dysfunctional universe where even in that dysfunctional universe, the C word is like, whoa, where even the yeah. villains are like, dude, that, yeah. that, that's a line. You don't say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not where we're at. I mean, yeah. that, that level of insanity, like sociopaths wouldn't care. But because right. we've decided to make, you know, to play up the, this is the super friends as run through, well, Rick and Morty. Let's run through Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, when it's, I, I always, whenever I get really upset with it, uh, I always have to think like, well, this is Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, but it's Batman the Animated Series if Joker was the main character or Harley was the main character. So <clears throat> everything is through this lens of and perspective. So even if this was not an alternate universe, but the real universe, this is how Harley sees the universe. Right. right. And so th I've been able to kind of be okay with a lot of the stuff, but it's, it's been tough. It's been tough for me to, <laughs> to really, there's all, but there are these great moments. Like Ron Funches is King Shark and, and uh, Kite Man. Kite yeah. Man is so lovable. And you, no one cares about Kite Man. <laughs> well, my loves, favorite, my favorite Kite Man. is that they really leaned into the, the camp version of Bane in this. Oh, uh, he's, yeah. He's in the Domian going, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. Whoa, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. I should have been a little chair again. I can't <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's this, it's been, there's so many good bits, but as a whole, I it's it, I can't I can't love it as much as, as people really seem to do. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think Oko is hit. Harley Quinn is inspiring. That, I, that was that was a very pleasant surprise because yeah, she comes across at Comic Con as somebody who's a little bit over all of it. You know, yeah. she's a little yeah. bit for all the and all the geekness and the fact that she has just thrown herself into yeah. this character to that extent. I'm like, well, good for you, Kaylee Cuoco. That man, I guess, I guess playing Penny was not your dream job. <laughs> no, Penny. Also, Penny's a horrible character, and it it. Which character is good in that show? Yeah, giving one right. character that's a nuanced, fantastic, fleshed out character, and not just a caricature of a caricature. Oh like, yeah, yeah. No, that's a cartoon show. That's a live action cartoon. Yeah, it's yeah. rough. Yeah, I, um, I I did like it to begin with, but it got it got old for me. I was able to stick through it through like I think season six or seven, and then I was oh, like. Damn. I've I've seen all these jokes now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so uh, just to close up the episode, um, there there are things that are coming that are coming out or may not be coming out or whatever mm -hmm. with DC films. 
Uh, we got the Snyder Cut that is uh, going to be released on HBO Max. Who knows how much is going to be different? Are they going to refilm scenes? They're asking for a budget, something or another. What's they're, going they're on? They're not refilming anything. They're just they're just finishing the special effects and doing. But how long is it going to be? Some people it's are like it's going to be four <laughs> hours long. Like yeah, from all reports, it could be four hours. Yeah, four hours. Uh, but at least we know that we know that it's going to be released, right? Yeah. Uh, we know that Wonder Woman 84 has yet to be released, but it will be released because it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> the Suicide Squad by James Gunn, a semi-sequel, semi-reboot of the Suicide Squad franchise, uh, is filming, you know, uh, and will be released. Uh, we yep. know that. And that one looks like a better, uh, you know. It's, it's got Flula Borg in it, so it's got to be good. Who's Flula Borg? He's a German stand-up who... Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. He got his claim to fame, like, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. I, I, I know I know his face. Kind of weird face. I don't know. Kinda, I, is I he in Pitch Perfect, too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's a cool um, dude. He's a, yeah, I, his shtick is, is, is funnier than I thought it would be. Okay. He he really he really mines the uh, Yakov Smirnov character. Yeah, um, but okay. his own thing. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, who's to and know if Fla- what? Uh, who I was gonna say who's to know if Flashpoint will ever come out? It's never gonna happen. I. It's never not, gonna. Happen. Not with, not Ezra, with Miller. Ezra Miller. Not with Ezra Miller. Yeah. Um, that's I a bummer because I think Ezra Miller as Flash was. Amazing! I thought he was a really good Flash. I think you and I are in the minority. I there you go, Dimitri. No, I liked Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. It, it was I liked Greg it. Dustin, but I know, don't uh, think he's Barry Allen though. I he's think he's Wally West. He's no, impulse. I, right. I think he's if he was Wally West and not Barry Allen, but I think that's more to do with uh, uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah. In general. Because right. this whole like gritty flash thing where his dad's arrested. I know it's a thing in the comics. I know this is this has been done and I think done better in the Berlanti universe. Yeah. But um, most, thing, most things are done better in the Berlanti universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it just didn't play as well. But I love Billy Crudup. And I think he would have been awesome as as Papa Flash. Yeah. Um, but to yeah, not I, do I, anything. If, no, I think, I think like he's not. Yeah, he doesn't do much. No, because I think I think Warner Brothers wants to use Flashpoint as a soft reboot. Yeah. Um. And that, and certainly they, you know, again, Michael Keaton is apparently back. Apparently they've signed Henry Cavill for another few appearances, although not a direct sequel. Yeah. That is the that's Cavill could be such a good Superman if they got him a good script. I just really. I think he's. I think it's there. I think but he's there. It's it's the 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 Marvel counterpoint is make a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie, just do it. I know that is a different battle. Like right. everybody yeah. wants to, and that's, that's more that's, like Universal dragging their feet. But it's right. the yeah. same. It's the same concept. Hulk is not a team player. He doesn't need to be a team player. He can have his own thing. Even the, I mean, the Ed Norton movie isn't great, but it's still. I think a little bit better than Thor Dark Universe and that, you know, or Dark World and that, yeah. you know, they greenlit yeah. that thing. 
And again, I, I, you know, if they want a good standalone Superman, if they don't want to maybe bring Brainiac into it, although it's, oh. it's his time, but they don't, then yeah, then do uh, a movie version of what, what's so funny about truth, justice in the American way. They, you know, yeah. Do the thing where you redefine who Superman is in a dark and gritty world. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, oh God, yeah. it's just so, it's like, why am I not king of Warner Brothers? I could fix this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, uh i guess uh to close it up uh you guys have any final thoughts about dc films as a whole or where it's going uh uh you know what's to come in in general i like the fact that they're kind of letting these individual projects go and then maybe they'll link them up further down the line at some point I like that idea of letting each movie, each franchise is going to be its own thing that they may link up down the line. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it was a good idea to bring Patty Jenkins back for wonder woman 84. Uh, I think she really, really got who that character was in that first movie. Um, you know, I, I, I think bringing James Gunn in to do suicides, to do the suicide squad was, a, a good artistic choice, a good artistic uh, reason, to, but also a nice yeah. to Warner Brothers slash, or uh, to Marvel slash Disney for firing him in the first place. Yeah. Stop letting the fan trolls win. <clears throat> yeah. God, did we learn? Did we learn nothing from Al Franken? <clears throat> yeah. That, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a whole. That's a whole different show, Steve. But I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, well, yeah, because if, if you let me talk about that, then we're going to get into Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we'll never leave. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I just, like I said, I really do hope they, they do give Cavill a, a direct yeah. uh, sequel. To, yeah. Or reboot. I look forward to Matt Reeves' Batman. I, I, you know, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a Robert Pattinson hater. I'm a Twilight hater, but I'm not a Robert, Robert Pattinson hater. Right. Um, he's been good in other things. So, yeah. and I think I think a hard-boiled detective version of Batman has been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. So. What are you talking about, Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer's <laughs> a hard-boiled detective. What are you talking about? Yeah, Winston. Well, I will say this: I do like oh, the fact yeah. that and <laughs> that in Batman versus Superman, they did allow Bruce Wayne to do some detecting, set up set up little like, surveillance thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? How much? Okay. Well, a little bit. <laughs> the yeah. White Russian. Yeah. Winston, so. you got uh, any yeah. final hopes and dreams? Um, hopes and dreams. No, they've died a long time yeah. ago. No. Um, I, I think uh, it took 15 years for Warner Brothers to finally realize that DC ain't Marvel. Uh, <laughs> And now that they figured that out, it's going to be interesting. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, because I, th I think the Matt Reeves middle line of like, we're not going to go Schumacher cartoony, but we're also not going to be lifeless with Nolan. We're just going to kind of ride this, this middle line. And there can be a middle line for DC characters yeah. on film. That's fantastic. I, I think yeah. there are going to be a lot more stumbles before they get 
to the success that I think they want. Um, but it's going to be a fun ride. And I think that's always been the draw for me for DC, that you're not going to see uh, a comic book realized on the silver screen like you do with a Marvel movie, but you might get a fun ride along the way. And isn't that really the point of this <laughs> this whole workaday crazy world is just to have a fun yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to uh, end the show by thanking you guys, Winston, Steve, for coming on the show, uh, putting your two cents, your three cents, your four cents even uh, into uh, what DC films are, what they represent, uh, the hope that we have for them. And especially as fans, like we want them to be good. We can't just complain the whole time as a lot of fans do, but like there is hope there, right? Uh, Superman just flew across the screen. Uh, you know, he represents something. And, uh, you know, oh, No. It's He's hope. like a little... Peter's like a little potato. He is. Yeah. He's my little... Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you, Winston. Thank you, Steve, for coming out. Thank you uh, to anyone who's watching, either uh, currently while we're doing this live. Or thank you, Natasha. In posts. Uh uh, Nat may or may not be watching, uh, but she, she was earlier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, we do this show, The Geek Live, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, each Geek Week, we choose a new geek topic. So uh, this uh, episode was about DC Films, and uh, we're not sure what next week's episode will be, but stay tuned. We'll keep you guys informed. Uh, click like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Either way... Uh, thank you, guys. Oh, uh, real quick, Winston, Steve, um, what's your guys' social media, and where? What do you, do you guys got some coming up or anything? Winston? Uh, no. <laughs> right okay. Now, right now, I don't have have anything per se uh, officially coming up. I'm gonna put you down now, buddy. Um, but um, uh, yeah, just follow follow me on uh, on Twitter at me Winston Andrus. Uh, and on Instagram at the Winston Andrus. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, oh, uh, follow my team, uh, spec script for a genre, uh, improv kind of mashup team, which is real fun. Um, uh, also follow uh, grain geek gathering. I write for them occasionally. Um, and, and that should be a, a fun little thing. Awesome. Oh, uh, I also do a, a board game uh, uh, Instagram account with my wife. Uh, so look up uh, for the love of games, where we play we play board games. Uh, not really review them, but just just to, like I said, for the love for the love of uh, for the love for the love yeah. of games. All right, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Steve. Yeah, I do have <clears throat> I do have both a Twitter and an Instagram account, but I am never there, and I haven't added anything yeah. to those. So it would yeah. just be kind of. Um, so, so, and I'm not obviously with, uh, the COVID thing, I'm not really doing anything show wise, uh, at this point, doing a couple of zoom readings. That's about it. Yeah. So let me, let me plug a couple of other, uh, podcasts that I okay. think are, are fun and worthwhile. One is called the soundtrack show. And if you're a fan of movie soundtracks, uh, 
I would listen to that. Uh, the guy goes and really goes into in-depth uh, uh, things about uh, movie music. And he starts with kind of a primer about music in general, which are, oddly enough, very entertaining because he uses movie soundtrack clips to illustrate the stuff. And then he gets right into it. And he starts with uh, Jaws, I think. Uh, it's very John Williams heavy, I will say that. But he okay. does also talk about Back to the Future and uh, well, Ennio Morricone just died. He does a whole thing about spaghetti westerns and just a whole kind of thing. And um, uh, Tim, uh, um, Danny Elfman. Um, so it's a great show. And the, and the host is really enthusiastic. His enthusiasm <laughs> is kind of what brings me back. Plus, I mean, he does just go in depth on, on this stuff. Uh, so the soundtrack show. And then, of course, my friends have been doing a long-time podcast called Geek Shock. Um, and that's kind of like this. Kind of like this was, it's a very kind of freewheeling thing. They do have regular segments on it, but it often goes off the rails. Um, and uh, it got started by a bunch of friends of mine from when I used to work at the Star Trek The Experience out in Las Vegas. And they... Okay. They just celebrated their 500th show last year. They're awesome. They're right, yeah, they're right at about uh, almost five fifty. Yeah, because they do an episode a week. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and their whole almost their whole back catalog is available. And honestly, oh god, you go back to and they've had different people come on uh, various times and leave the show and then come back and leave. Um, and one of the guys is a guy that works with um, or has worked with Penn Gillette in Vegas. And he and his partner have their own uh, podcast, which I might plug next time. But right now I'm just going <laughs> to plug Geek Shop. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's freewheeling. And, uh, you know, and they're trying to do it the best they can in, in you know, social distancing and everything. <laughs> Apparently the setup room is one guy's living room and they're all sitting in different corners of the room oh, these days. Yeah. Doing so um yeah okay it's really fun all right yeah um i i'll make sure to check that out and check out movie bob right that's what steve said movie bob uh, oh yeah yeah movie bob yeah. on youtube uh okay. he's all now on the escapist uh channel oh cool. So, nice. yeah all right well uh thank you guys so much for for being on the show being guests taking time out of your day uh i always appreciate it that's why i keep having you guys on because you guys are wonderful uh you guys you guys test like it's not enough just to like agree with what i'm saying like we we all have our different experiences and i love how we bring it in and it's like we can argue about snyder and uh and uh batman versus superman and uh you know i forget what else we we it was like uh, <laughs> there's so much so much yeah, so yeah. thank you guys so much for coming on the show uh really appreciate it um and uh yep i will see uh any viewers next week uh, on the Keeg Live. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Dimitri, and this has been the Keeg Live. Take care. Geek news.